Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. One Christmas tradition that I had as a kid was to FaceTime my uncle and aunt after we got our presents, and we would use that as an opportunity to um, talk to them about what we got and then, like, have other conversations surrounding that. Um, and it was a really fun time just getting to catch up with my family. My favorite Christmas tradition as a kid was getting tamales on Christmas Eve and eating it with my family. My favorite Christmas tradition as a kid was uh, whenever we would make prime rib. Usually it's like a turkey or a ham or something, but we always made prime rib and it was just fantastic. My favorite Christmas tradition was that when I was little, uh, my family, we used to watch a Christmas story every single Christmas Eve. Well, we hope you have some great memories from the past and some favorite traditions you're looking forward to this holiday season. If not, uh, stay tuned. We have a few ideas of our own that you might want to try this Christmas. Uh, This is Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us. Well, John, the Daly household, we love Christmas. It's so much fun. Everything just seems to change, you know, the whole vibe Mm -hmm. at Christmas time. And Jean, oh, is she into Christmas? Decorates, you know, the boys and I, we bring down all the decorations from the attic. That's our contribution. (laughs) But it's like it's like twenty five boxes of stuff. I mean, this is a production, you know. And she does all the decorating. We offer, but she just loves doing it, Mm -hmm. and she just gets into it. And I know there are so many traditions that people have now. I just learned this year of a little tradition that I was unaware of. That's how good my boys were at keeping this hidden. Uh But you know, we do the secret gifts at night, you know, late Christmas Eve, wrapping all these. I mean, I remember bicycles at two in the morning. (laughs) Somehow, these boys of mine would get up after we'd gone to bed at one, two in the morning, and they'd go down and peel back the wrapper of the gifts and take a look at what... And I didn't learn this until, like, last year. Oh, my goodness. They're in their 20s. <laughs> They're in their early 20s. They kept this such a I good I see them going secret. down as little ninjas and opening yeah. everything up. There's something, that anticipation... And of course, I'm not going to get mad at them. I get it. I did it. Jean is the exact opposite. She wants that anticipation. Hmm. If she could have it her way, she wouldn't open Christmas presents until Christmas night. Oh. You just ever because, met somebody like that? No, I have not. I mean, she goes, <laughs> Apart can we just Jean. wait a couple of more hours before we open our gifts? Like, what are you talking about? And so anyway, the boys, it was really funny, and they confessed finally. So I'm sure there's, their spirits are clear I'm, now. It's a lighter <laughs> season already. But what a fun time to talk about Christmas, the Advent season. That was the other thing. We didn't do one Advent calendar. We did two, one in the morning and one at night. Mm. And we had the hidden boxes that you know, the boys would go and get their little yep. goodie out of. and Just so much fun. And I'm looking forward to talking about this today. Yeah, and there are so many uh, of us as Christian families, we want to put the emphasis on Jesus 
during this season. There's a good and, idea. Well, <laughs> it's woven throughout, and I'm really glad that we have an opportunity to kind of slow down before the big rush here and, uh, and get our perspectives right. And our guests are going to help us do that um, as we have Dr. Josh and Christy Straub here. Uh, they're back with us. They're authors, speakers, and co-founders of Famous at Home. Uh, that's an organization in which they train leaders in emotional intelligence and they promote healthy families. And they've been here before. Uh, they're here this time with their three young children, and uh, we're so glad that they're in the gallery watching yeah. through the glass there. They are cutie pies, by the way. They are. Yeah, it's been fun to get to know them. Uh, Josh and Christy have a book called 25 Days of the Christmas Story, an Advent Family Experience. And we've got copies of that here uh, at the website. You'll find the details in the show notes or give us a call. Josh and Christy, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you, guys. It's we so love always love being here. Yeah, it's so much fun. Okay, I kind of let our daily tradition out of the bag, which, again, I just learned a year ago. <laughs> Actually, it was a tradition. <laughs> What's uh, one of your family Well, I'm traditions? just a little nervous because our three kids are sitting in the gallery. <laughs> oh, that they're going to pick up <laughs> this new tradition. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Whoops. We better get this whole thing. Ideas. So that was one of those. Uh, oh, you know yeah, what? Gene's so going to mention that tonight. Yeah. Didn't you know the kids were sitting listening? <laughs> so funny. No, we, we, you know, for us, it, it's fun. We, we, you know, one of the things that we're getting ready to do, you know, I love the season. So my dad and I used to hang Christmas lights up the day after Thanksgiving. That's when it was that we would hang Christmas. So you were talking about Jean and the way she loves to decorate oh, and get yeah. lost in it. I, I get lost, not in the inside, but the outside. And I'm not like Clark Griswold or anything. Are but, you serious? But I You're just, one of those guys? I just enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I had an ounce of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun this year. My daughter, Kennedy, she just has taken hold of that and wants to do oh. it with me. And so that's it kind of takes me back to me doing it with my dad. Except here's the thing. It's not the day after Thanksgiving anymore. It's like the day after Halloween now, right? Like that, <laughs> that's when we start decorating for Christmas. It so. does move that fast. It I remember, to, to, you know, when Trent was big enough, I'd have him climb the roof. I know someone's <laughs> going to write, you put your child at risk. No, he was quite capable, far better at it Seriously, than me, hanging up lights. System. And, you know, yeah. but it became a bit of a thing. Hey, you missed a spot. Well, you come up and do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was my dad. Okay, night. forget it. It was the same. <laughs> my dad and I probably had more chaos and, and tension between putting Christmas lights up. And, but but there was a connection. It's It still brings you together. It's memories when you do stuff like yeah. that together. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Christy, how about you? What's a favorite thing? I think like when I look back at my childhood, it was the birthday party for Jesus. That was the thing that finally made things click for me, that it was like, Everything was red and green at Christmas. That made no sense to me. Like <laughs> it felt, and but we talked about Jesus' birth. And then one year, I don't know where this came from, but my mom was just like, we're having a birthday party for Jesus where it was like balloons and cake wow. and like an actual normal birthday like we had. And it was something about that as a kid. I still remember where it clicked. And so we've done that with our kids ever since they were teeny. And I don't know. It's been something that has just been like this birthday party for Jesus. It's like an actual reminder of him coming as this and we celebrate it every year and it feels like he's part of the family because yeah. that's how we celebrate our family's it's birthdays. It's a great way to remind us about what it's all about. Right. I mean, we get lost yes. in all that, don't we? Yeah. We, I mean, you could really do Christmas without even realizing what we're truly celebrating. Yeah. Probably half the culture doesn't even get it. Yeah. But yet it's something about the lights and the and the and the spirit of Christmas and you know, we talk about the spirit of Christmas and the joy and all that. People go throughout Christmas without even talking about Jesus, and yet they're drawn to Christmas. What, what is it that draws them to Christmas? And I think that's, for us, 
what has been the thing for we have wanted to instill in our kids is what is the true meaning and what yeah. even even where were the Christmas story where has the Christmas story gotten twisted where, what's not biblically accurate what has been culturally added to the Christmas story that we want to make sure is biblically accurate that our kids are understanding who Jesus is what that time was about and anyway that's where the I think it's great 25 days of the Christmas story came about is yeah. I just I wanted to look at the characters and and look at man what does it mean and and this joy of Christmas, like it is joy. It's true joy. It is. I mean, Isaiah prophesied it 800 years before it ever even happened that God would be with us, God yeah. with us. And well, deliver us, right? Deliver us. So, yeah. I mean, that's, we're going to unpack that as we move along here quickly. But um, before we get there, let's talk about expectations. I mean, we've got to talk about all the things that pull us down at Christmas, right? And you had a, a statement that really caught my attention expectations are premeditated resentment isn't that good that's really good and that's what what is it originality is forgetting who you got it from we actually know where we got that from is bill and laurie loki our dear friends but they have said that in the context of you know even in relationships expectations are premeditated resentment how does that come out at christmas well think about how heavy we put expectation on even as josh saying the joy of christmas i mean hallmark just runs these movies like 24 7 as if it's like this blissful experience and here we are as moms and dads bearing the burden of trying to meet those expectations for our kids and for ourselves like not to mention the in-laws yeah (laughs) (laughs) not extended family and all the things that you're expected to do and i mean think if your kids are involved in schools and plays and all the you know gifts and the cookies you have to bring on this day like there's just so much added weight and I think we get so um, burdened by trying to put in all these different inputs into our family which are great all these joy adders or we think will be and yet somehow I don't know if it's just us but somehow you get to the end and the backside of the season and you're tired and you feel worn out and you there's almost this sadness of like Ugh, it just wasn't what we expected it was going to be. How do you go in then with a healthier expectation? What should you do to yeah. say to yourself, okay, uh, I'm going to take this a little differently this year? I think it's concept of like inhaling and exhaling, right? We need it to stay alive. But we inhale all these experiences and things for our kids. We take them to see Santa we, or whatever, you know, all these traditions <laughs> we do. We go around and see the lights. We we go to all the Christmas plays, all the things we think are so great. And they are. But when we're constantly just inputting, like inhale, 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 we get worn out. And so we need to make these moments for exhale where you're able to just be as a family in your home. And that's where, you know, to do some of these devotions or these times together where you're just asking questions and you're sitting around the dinner table, it allows you to truly exhale where you can process the feelings of the day or the week, you can process these experiences that you've had. And that's where you really start to come back, I think, into this state of contentment yeah, where you're grateful. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think, you know, expectations, we talk a lot about that in marriage and parenting, and they can really harm you because they, if they're too high, you end up with resentment. Yeah. 
and bitterness. Yeah. And that's not good fruit. That's yeah. not what the Lord wants. And certainly our experience is celebrating his birthday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. exactly. It's like, what are you yeah. doing at my birthday party? Why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some of those fa- family dynamics. We've alluded to it, but let's talk yeah. about Uncle Bob. So <laughs> Uncle Bob, whoever that might be and whomever's life that might be, uh, you know, they're coming to dinner and it never goes well with this extended family member and they're the curmudgeon of the day and what do you do with that? Yeah, I mean, I think, that's beyond I, it. <laughs> Lowering your expectations yeah. well, to I zero. Think it, it, it varies depending on what's actually happening. You know, I think ultimately, if you know that you're going to be having dinner with Uncle Bob, the expectation has to be, I think a lot of times we enter these situations that, that oh, it's going to go well this time. It's going to go well. And we increase our expectation. But then what ends up happening is, is it, it, it crashes and burns. But we have nothing to refill ourselves. And I think... One of the things we have to pay attention to, and this even goes whether you're introverted or extroverted, I'm an introvert, meaning I, I, I get my energy from being by myself. If we have people over to our house and I'm not paying attention to that and we're having people over on a consistent basis and I'm not exhaling, as Christy said, my Christmas is going to be exhausting. Whereas if I can have a reasonable expectation about who I'm going to be around and how draining that will be... Uh. I can then plan an exhaling moment maybe the next day or that evening or whatever that looks like so that I can give. And and maybe you're planning your exhale right before it so that you can properly enter into that relationship with Uncle Bob and (laughs) give without expecting anything from Uncle Bob. Right. That that you're entering into it with a realistic expectation of what's going to happen. And you've entered into it with an exhale and you're exiting it with an exhale. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an opportunity then for you to truly be a light yeah. to Uncle Bob rather than having Uncle Bob frustrate you to the point that it ruins your entire Christmas. Let me ask you this question because Gene uh, favors your disposition of introversion and that. And and in that context, how do you exhale? I, I'm thinking of the introverts that they hear what you're saying, but... What's a practical tool to do an exhale? What does that look like after the fourth Christmas party this week? Yeah, no, for us, like we have to be intentional. I have to be intentional about making sure that we have time with just our family, just my kids and my wife. That's how you can replenish. Absolutely. Or that I'm planning a date night with just Christy or that I'm also planning just me time. You know, we practice a Sabbath on, on Saturdays. That's when we practice it as a family. And we have specific times where we try to let each other get out, but we have to schedule it. You have to schedule sure. so that she gets some alone time, I get some alone time. But then it's also in your, so, so you have your weekly rhythms, but then also your daily rhythms. Set up your daily rhythms in such a way that you're breathing. You know, when we left to fly here yesterday, we, we had to leave as a family by 7 a.m. Well, I got up at 5 a.m. so that I could get 30 to 45 minutes just alone doing Time with the Lord, just sitting and breathing, having a cup of coffee, because I knew once the kid, if I waited till the kids and everybody were up, it, I was just, I wasn't going to be on. Right. I needed to have a, I have to have a daily rhythm that allows me the space to be able to give and pour out without being frustrated or grumbling and complaining and that type of thing. Christy, in that regard, I mean, moms uh, getting space is always the problem and getting time to replenish and most moms listening to this are going oh that's really great that josh gets to get that time way to go christy theoretically yeah she gets it too but i love this because i i understand that in the morning like christmas morning you're up earlier than the kids that's amazing and i've tried (laughs) it's that honestly has been the one 
we call them rhythms, routine, whatever you want to call it, that has probably brought me back to life the most. And when I talk about just those early years of parenting, I mean, they just take everything from you. And I think that's just the sacrifice of motherhood. And that's okay. Motherhood. That's yes. the period of time you're in, the yes, season. Exactly. And I think there's like a monastic beauty to that where it's like you are truly serving God just like a monk would fully, completely, like day in and Give day it. out. Yeah. When it's when you're asked and called, you go. But there comes a place where there is some margin for, and you have to have that in that exhale for yourself. And so I did, I started setting my alarm to wake up at 5.30. I don't wake up at five. That's just, I don't know. That's another okay, level of Okay, 5.30. Holding. Let's 530. go with 5.30. 5.30 sounds a little better. <laughs> it was just at least doable. And I, just to have that time, I sit in front of the Christmas tree and I just have my Bible and my journal. And there's something That's about great. it that allows you to just, it does, you process the yeah. day, the, you process your feelings. And I think even in those moments is when I was able to start to order my life where I wasn't, like you said, the four Christmas parties this week. I wasn't saying yes to the four Christmas parties that week because I know my limits. I know my husband's limits. I even know my children's limits. Like each of them have their own personalities. And I think so many of us like are dealing with behavior issues around this time of year because the kids are tired. Yeah, They're genuinely worn out just like we are. And they need that break too. And so to be able to say, I always remember I had a mentor that just said, I have something on. And that might be that we're just sitting around as a family that yeah, you night. You don't have to explain it even. You have, I got you, something you're on not, at that time. I have something on. They don't need to know, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we have this. Or I think we over-explain. Mm-hmm. And I've always was told that children explain when adults declare. And so as adults, we can just declare, I have something on. You don't have to go into all this explaining of feeling guilty that you're saying no to something. And I think that's a freedom we all need to hear, especially this time of year. I like that. And it might be that you're feeling like, I, I do need somebody, but I don't know who. Uh, Focus on the Family has caring Christian counselors. And uh, we're a phone call away. Call, and we'll schedule a time for one of those counselors to give you a call back. They'll uh, connect with you. They'll listen. They'll pray with you. They'll offer resources and maybe somebody in your own area to speak with. Again, we're a phone call away, 800, the letter A, and the word family. So you've written this great book, 25 Days of the Christmas Story. We've kind of laid some amazing groundwork, I think, about what Christmas is about and what to be attentive to. And let's get into the content of the book itself. Uh, For example, you describe a a sensory experience that involves a blindfold. How how does that help us and help our kids? I thought this was great. I wish I would have known this years ago. Yeah. May not work in the 20s. Yeah, right. We wanted to create, um, and and the subtitle is an Advent family experience. We wanted to create an experience for families where it's not just reading a devotional and going to bed, but there's activities in the book that bring you and your family together. That's great. And also a realistically helping the child learn, your children learn what it is that the lesson that they're learning in that process, but experience it. And so one of the activities, in, in, and we walk through 25 days, there's 25 different characters or uh, pieces, whether it's a place, whether it's gold, frankincense, myrrh, there's 25 different characters throughout, if you will. Uh, and, and in each one of those characters has a lesson or a character trait. And in that process, we have a, uh, a family experience. And one of the family experiences is, as you said, you, you, you blindfold your children and you lead them certain places. And you ask them, after you lead them to each place, do you trust me? And, and you're leading them, for example, 
you and start they can say no yeah they can <laughs> say no <laughs> and they can they, they can, can yeah not in our house they, they have, we're yeah. doing this and we're doing <laughs> it now <laughs> you know and and we lead them into you know we lead them into the bathroom and <laughs> and you and you turn the water on and you put you say okay put your hands out and then they you wash their hands right and, and that's before dinner this is great before yeah. dinner yeah, yeah right right well and that's the whole point is and then you take them out and 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 you and you have them sniff something and maybe a smell of a candle or that type of thing and you take them to sensory places where you're saying do you and and the whole point of the exercise is to lead them to things that are good you know something that smells good washing their hands and then ultimately it would be after you have baked maybe some christmas cookies or something and you say open your mouth do you trust me and you put their favorite christmas cookie or whatever it is in their mouth and the whole point of that is to you know it it really talks about you know i believe that one is is under king david but it's really talking about how so many of these prophets so many of these kings so many of these leaders leading up to jesus you know, for 400 years, we were waiting for the Messiah, and it was all about trust. They couldn't see what was ahead of them, but they trusted in the God of the universe. And so it's like we're walking ahead. We can't see what's ahead, but we trust him that he's going to do good works in our lives and that he's carrying out the good for the world and redeeming the world. And and so it's little exercises like that that allow us to be able no, to, say, to so connect good. back to those people. Yeah, I like that building trust concept. Now, the malicious dad, let me just tell you, you're trying to build trust. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly. You don't give them a spoonful of oregano or something, <laughs> yeah. okay? Cranksters. I know, yeah, I'm already there like, like, oh yeah, man, yeah, I would yeah, have yeah, so yeah, much yeah, fun yeah. with that. But that, that, don't abuse that. That you do That you do with your wife. See how it hands out for your Sauce, yeah. you know. Oh, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Uh, another one you did that I thought was really good is on fear. And, you know, these are just great lessons for young people. Uh, what what was your fear approach with Advent? Well, you think of fear, we use the concept of fire, right? Fear is something that if we allow, if you light this match, you put it in, look at these beautiful trees around us here. In you light it. Yes. <laughs> if you light it, I mean, we can literally start a forest fire. I mean, it can spread like that. And fear is something if we don't get con- under control quickly, it will spread. But it is something that is, it is within our control. And I even remember like Isaiah is the very first day. And I remember that activity specifically because it was in 2020 when we first did this with our kids. And it was during when time when the world was shut down. And in that activity, we talk about Emmanuel as God with us, right? Because Isaiah, he was the one who prophesied and called him, he will be called Emmanuel meaning God with us. What does that actually mean? And so for the, we have them draw this picture of a time where they felt afraid if they felt or sad. And so you have them draw a picture and it's really as parents to watch your kids actually draw something that, I mean, they were called that was really scary or it was really sad. And for our kids, they actually drew the same thing. It was, we weren't able to see family. My family's all in Canada. We were in the U.S. and we couldn't get to them. They couldn't see us. And we had been, you know, separated for all this time. And they just drew this picture of they were scared. And then in the exercise, we had them actually draw Jesus in the picture where they actually see that he really was with us. And how did we experience him with us now that we actually have him, God with us? And so they draw this picture of Jesus in it and then write hope on it. And we had him on our fridge. And I just recall to be able to sit with them in those sad moments because their kids don't always tell us that stuff. You know, they don't actually often say out loud how impactful something has been to them. And I think, you know, we all walk through that season 
new, not knowing what this was. And so to actually spend the time to hear from our kids how they were processing that. But then to see the hope in them, as we all just sort of talked about, like that was hard for us too. And just to see the hope that like, we don't know what that's going to look like, guys. But really, like Jesus is with us, even in this very lonely Christmas. And um, that's good. Those are just, I think, again, going back to that concept of exhale, where it just allows you to just talk about the real stuff. But the stuff that, I mean, that's what he came for. Yeah. yeah. The other beautiful piece about it is this is just a great way to begin to give your kids an experience yeah. and to start teaching them how is God actually showing up in your life? What does that actually look like? When you pray for something, where do you see him? And mm-hmm. start helping them see where God is in their lives and the signs that he is around, that he is alive, that he is with them. And that's that was the hope in writing this book. I think it's so good. I mean, it, again, we didn't have that insight. We did the regular straight Advent, you know, now let's go open the door and see what gift is in there, you know, that kind of thing. But this is so much better because it's so much deeper. Oh, thank you. I love that. Um, you also cover uh, stories out of Scripture that may be a little less known. Uh, one that catches me is about Anna. Yeah. I only realized this because just yesterday I was reading the Christmas story out of Luke 2, and yeah. Anna is mentioned in there, daughter of Phineal. Yeah. I could give you the whole yeah. lineage now. Yeah. But what was so unique about Anna? What 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 I does she bring Anna. to the story? It's funny you say that. I love Anna. I mean, yeah. and she was a prophetess, which I thought was even interesting in her title. And she basically gave her life in service. Like she was at the temple day and night praying. She was 84 at that time. Yeah. I mean, and they said. And she was believing that she would see the Messiah. And to, can you imagine? I mean, just the waiting, the patience that took. And Talk the, about Advent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, right. like, waiting of the, the coming years. Of, yeah. years of just praying, like, and just giving your whole life at the temple, day in and day out, and then Jesus and Mary and Joseph walk in one day. I mean, can you imagine that day? And she just, she knew she was the first one to say, "There he is, the, the Messiah that we have been waiting for." Yeah. And just, I remember in that exercise of talking about just asking kids, like, "How was that for you? patience?" What can you like? Let's think of a time that you waited poorly, because let's be honest, we've all waited real poorly. Like, don't unwrap your Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and then, just as an example, like the DMV. Uh, let's yeah. see. Let's put yeah. it in adult terms, okay. or even just waiting on promises of God in your life. Yeah. You know, where you're like, God, I really believed that you were going to come through, and I'm still waiting. Like, it's hard. It's hard to wait, but to actually give those real life examples where kids feel what it's like to wait. And I don't, not a lot of us do patience well, but she did and she was rewarded for it. Yeah. It's such a great picture again. And it's right there. Everybody at Christmas should be reading Luke chapter two. Just read the whole chapter. It is the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so beautiful. Josh and Christy, this is really good. And I, I sincerely mean that. I wish we had this book when our boys Mm -hmm. were the age of your kids right now, Mm because I think Gene definitely would have picked it up, <laughs> and it would have been the third Advent that we would do, but this would have been first in our heart, because I love the the practical nature of it and just the way you're teaching the kids the right things, and uh, I hope everybody would want to get a copy of this, especially if you're a grandparent, get it for your adult children, for your grandkids, and certainly if you're a parent, let's put it into play. Let's teach our kids the right things about the Advent season. 25 days of the Christmas story. And so often what we do here is why not jump in and do ministry with us here at Focus, make a gift of any amount, and we'll send you a copy of the book as our way of saying thank you. 
And we often say, if you can't afford it, we want your kids to know about the Lord. So just get a hold of us and we'll, we'll send it to you and we'll trust others will cover the cost of that. Mm-hmm. Donate as you can when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by our website. Uh, the details are in the show notes. And remember, when you get in touch, uh, we do have caring Christian counselors available to you if you need to talk with somebody. Josh and Christy, again, thanks for being with us. This has been so much fun and very, very fruitful. Thank you. Mm. We love you guys. Thank you. Well, coming up tomorrow, we'll hear some important lessons about forgiveness from Dr. Timothy Keller. If you think God's forgiven you, but you can't forgive other people, I'm not sure you have asked for God's forgiveness. I'm not sure you've repented because if you repent, you, you know you're a sinner, and if you can't forgive, then you can say, oh, God's forgive me. I don't know that he has. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening today to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.